Uh, where are you right now? What am I looking at? I am in my kitchen uh, making my wife food so she doesn't hit me when she gets home. You're married. So, I am. I am. Listen, I am the most basic CrossFit coach there is. All right. I married my best athlete. You what? You married your best athlete? I married my best athlete, best athlete I've ever had, personally, Uh regionals level. All right. I got all the tattoos. I drive an 08 Hummer. I got, I have a, I have a pit bull and a French bulldog. I am, I got it all, baby. Backwards hats and sweatpants. Let's go. How old are you? I am 38 years old. How old am I? Ooh, I'm going to say 41. I just turned 48. You look damn good. Thank you. This is about as old as I can look, too. <laughs> That's amazing. So if I just, you know, you get, if you gave me 15 minutes with a razor, I could probably get down to your age. You got, easily, easily. I've seen it. You know, the first time I ever saw you, Savan, was in a, uh, a CrossFit video where you were doing a cartwheel wide versus, I believe, a seven-year-old little girl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and she won. She beat you. She beat you that day. You know what's funny is, so that was probably like at the peak of my, my CrossFit ability, and I was like, <laughs> I was probably, I was, I was like doubling down on the creatine and stuff. And I got one of the best compliments I ever, and I was wearing like my favorite blue shirt that day that like just, uh-huh. just makes me look sexy as fuck. And someone in the comments wrote, Sevon looks like he's doing steroids. And I was yes. just like, so yeah, so yes. like, wow, I just see myself as a fat kid, but Finally. someone else thinks I'm Finally. small. <laughs> Finally, my time has come. That's now amazing. I take fish oil, vitamins and vitamin C. Yeah. I've yeah. aged out. <laughs> fish oil is about all I got left in me. I've never been good at supplements. But you, are in, oil, I swear you are in what state? Michigan. Metro Detroit. Why did you start taking fish oil? I wonder if it's the same reason I did. Well, I mean, back in – it's just uh, inflammatory shit back in the day. Like when, when, uh, when I started into CrossFit, everything was paleo zone. That was the pinnacle. And uh, eat, Live Big, Eat Big used to have a poster that said, if you can't fix it with squats and fish oil, you're probably dying. You know? So it was just – I don't I guess, honestly, some of it was – the nutrition was interesting for me with CrossFit because I come from – I've been in fitness for 20 years. And when I found CrossFit, I was actually still teaching AFA's personal training service. And dude, I was like an undercover when, when I, when CrossFit hit, I was like an undercover evangelist, bro. I'd be like, listen, you want to come talk about some real shit in the lunch break? Let me know. I'd be teaching people tipping pull-ups and shit. But with the whole, with the nutrition thing that for me in fitness, that was almost like the last frontier because there was, there's always so much fucking information on both sides of the fence and CrossFit streamlined that shit. And they approached it from a perspective of just pure fucking physiology and science and common sense. And I can fuck with those things, you know, like, so, and so the fish oil coming through with just knowing dietarily, we're not getting the omega threes that we once did when it was a blood fish based diet, et cetera, et cetera. That one makes sense to me. 
and I can take all the anti-inflammatories I can get. So for me, it was like nine out of the 10 things that I had looked into about CrossFit were spot on and were working. And so then once I heard them say, take fish oil, I was like, all right, they're right. Nine out of 10 times. How much more do I need to know? Dude, and, and like, I still feel that way today. I can't, the, the, I can't think of anything. And this sounds terrible. Like I, and cause I don't like saying things this absolute, but I can't think of anything. Definitely not much that CrossFit has in the whole evolution of CrossFit and the way Glassman has had the helm. Like there's nothing that, if, if I, if it annoyed me, it's like he pulled it back quick, you know, like even the way he navigated Reebok, like I fucking hated the whole Reebok thing. You know, I was all innovate five finger vibrams, all that shit. But when he put it that they are going to get us places that we weren't going to get for a very long time, if ever without them, as far as the world, you know, wide domination across, I was like, man, knows what he's doing. He fucking just makes sense. And that's one of the things I've always, I even crossed it as a practice. And as an organization, the shit just makes sense to me, and it always has, you know. And I'll I'll do a, I'll follow a lot of their shit blindly for just like the fish oil thing. I'm like, well, yeah, you know, they haven't steered me wrong yet, you know. And, and sure. it can't be, and it can't be really tamed either, Greg. Like I remember when we first signed the Reebok deal, they got in trouble for putting out a shoe that they said would make your ass firmer or bigger or something, yeah, yeah. something in your butt. And Greg just went yeah. public and just blasted them. Like, hey, man, shoes yeah. can't do shit for you. <laughs> I just yeah. remember thinking, oh, oh, my God, he can't say that. They're our friends. Dude. But but he's he, he can't not tell the truth. And that's, that's what I love. Like, he's and, – and I and I truly believe, one, it, he's – for me, he's one of the most – watching him speak in his videos, especially early on and shit, man, like, I was talking to my wife before we were married. It was our first regionals, and we weren't together yet. And because I'm very much don't shit where you eat. I'm, I'm very, very much against that. I've, and so like it was, but with her, it just got to a point where my respect for her boiled over and turned love was the only next step. You know what I'm saying? And I hadn't really spent any time with her anyway. One of the things we were doing in between events and shit at that first regional we went to was uh, watching Glassman events, like in between events, you know, like, because she didn't really understand how, seemingly blindly I'd be willing to follow this man and how I don't have anything negative to say about him. And then, and then when she heard him speak, she's like, I get it now just from knowing me and knowing him. Cause he is, he's irreverent, but he he's pure in that way. You know, like he's going to, the no lobbyist is going to buy him out. You know, that's why, you know, so what, what, what shoe are you wearing? Like what's your go-to shoe now? What do you wear every day? Um, uh, uh, Jordan's <laughs> if, if, if I'm wadding, I'll put a Metcon on. Okay, but but my I'm a, I'm a nano too, guys. So you're a slave to fashion a little bit with little your bit. Yeah. I grew up in the hood, man. It was always Nike. Like if you weren't wearing Nike, you weren't shit. Now, why is your hat on so fucking low? <laughs> you I wear honestly, you wear your you know, baseball you know cat. Happened? You wear your baseball you know cat like you're getting ready, to, like it's bulletproof, and you're going on a bike ride or something. Yeah, it it's so, so low. Yeah. I put on one. I, I wasn't really into flat brims for the longest time, and then one day I put on a flex fit flat brim that was just a little bit too big for me, and so it just swallowed my ears and my head and everything. I was like, "All right, I don't fuck with that." I've just been doing it ever since. Yeah, yeah. Now that you mention it, I've never seen anyone wear a baseball cap so cap so low that it swallows your their ears and your ears the whole are head. inside yeah, your in the head. 
I mean, you're killing it. You're rocking it. But it was one of the first thing I noticed. On the <laughs> I'm like, yo, what's this guy doing with this hat? <laughs> um, when I was at, uh, when I first moved to Michigan, I was at a Valley Total Fitness for about a year. Uh, never hit budget one time. I can't sell to save my life. But we, they uniformed us and shit. And I, I hate that shit. I was actually on... Uh, the cover of a small town newspaper bucking uniform policies in public schools when I was a kid. And so I'm like, all right, I got to find a way to stick out with this fucking in this uniform. So I would wear a wristband or I I had a a faux hawk at the time, you know, whatever I could do. And I think that mindset is kind of what I would loosely call my style kind of developed into shit that just like they remember you, you get remembered, you know? You, um, you said you've been in the fitness industry for, for, uh, 20 years. You're 38 years old. That means you started when you were 18. Yes, sir. That is that right, right out of high school. Like what, what were you like in high school? Were you an athlete? Were you a, no, I was, I was never an athlete. I, um, so I was the, the turning point for me that got me into anything that resembled fitness. I'll never forget it. I was at a sleepover for some Christian camp I was going to. And it was just my boys from my youth group. And I walked out of the shower and I almost always wore a shirt because I never, I was never really comfortable. I was like skinny fat. You know what I'm saying? Like if you saw me in a shirt, you would think I should have abs, but then there was nothing good going on under that. And I walked out of the bathroom and my, one of my boys looked at me, pointed and laughed. And he was like, holy shit, you have absolutely no shape at all. How old, like, were you? How old were you? I had to, I was 16 or 17. He should have said in the name of God. It was a Christian camp. He should have started it with that. God has given you nothing. <laughs> <laughs> He's given um, you a clean slate to work with. A very clean slate. And and that that was the turning point for me. I picked up a muscle and fitness magazine. Um, I actually tried to work out with one of my homies from high school, they had this little, it would have been a perfect box at the time. But it was this little hobble they had carved out in some strip mall. Bro, I unracked the 45 pound bar and they let it go and it just crashed to my chest. Like I got one half-ass rep but my, and then that was it. 45, just the bar. So you were you weak know? as a bird. I was weak as a bird, little baby bird. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> And this is, this is how, how old are you? 17 at the time? I was, uh, or we'll say around 17. I started when I was 17 and, and, and that hooked me. Cause I, so I started on my back porch after that, I wasn't going in front of anybody again. You know? Right. So I, I went to my back porch. There were many times I had to yell for my mom to come pull a bar off my chest. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? But uh-huh. she was dope. She was good for it. And I just grinded it out on the back porch. And then, um, and then I saw what I, I could do with my body. And it was just such an empowering thing. And it was like, it was something that I felt like I needed to share with others. You know, like it was such a powerful thing. Like, you know, shit, especially in like this, this unprecedented bullshit we're in now, fuck, you still got your body. You know what I'm saying? You got to move. Like you got to like, um, you know, uh, one of my boys spent some time in the pen and he, he's like, bro, the, the key to staying alive in there is getting a fucking routine down. You just got to get to a routine. You got to stay disciplined. You got to stick to that routine. You got to get a schedule. And, you know, and this is in some ways, I mean, it's not near as bad as actual prison in most ways, but 
that it's that same type shit, you know, like a, after the first two weeks, when we got to start, the extensions kept rolling in. I did a video to address uh, my gem. I was like, guys, listen, it's not kid shit now. I was like, it, it was kind of cool. You might be able to take two weeks off. You're not going to lose that much. Not a big deal. But this is all the fuck there is now. This is the state of fitness. This is as far as the value goes and what we're kicking out. Like, because I, I know some of you are going to fall off. And I know some of you are going to need to. And there will never be any hard feelings. We get it. But this is all there is. You can't go down the street and get a one-on-one session. You know, so you need to find that if you don't leave me for another gym anyway, you, they better be putting out more content than I am because we hit the ground fucking running. So, you know? so you're 18 years old. So you're 17 years old. Someone mm-hmm. comes up on you at a uh, uh, Christian camp. What, what are you doing at a Christian camp? Did your parents send you there or were you? A so I, or? so we, I, we got into um, church when I was about in the fifth grade and it was over a custody dispute between my mom and my dad more so than anything. And then we ended up really falling into it heavy. And that really defined a lot of my childhood and still defines a lot of who I am today. You know, uh, now one thing that's when I moved up here, you know, my boundaries expanded a little bit, but it, it definitely, but so we were very involved in the church. Very, very. What city was this? Where, where were you? This was Alexandria, Louisiana. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. The dirty, dirty South. Yeah. 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 So you, you, in, in the fifth grade, you start going to church you're heavily involved enough that you end up going to a Christian youth camp. Yeah. Christian youth camp. Someone chops you up and makes some uh, observations. <laughs> some observations. Yeah. Can I tell you something fucking nuts? At least, at least he didn't say you had a small dick, right? I mean, that would have been. No, it could have been worse. Right. I'll take the note. That's the way to look at it. You know, it could always be worse. It could always be worse. Um, when I was, when we were in this heavy church phase and this is going to make me sound a little bit like a lunatic, but I would like to disclaim that I love the word fuck and I'm a normal human. Um, but when I was in about the sixth grade, they had a prophet come through our church, right? This was like not a denominational, a prophet. All right. This was like, what's that? Like someone who sees the future. So it's more, it's more, it's, um, in, I think in other phase, they would call them like a, a medium a someone who is just in tune an empath an empath okay okay so uh, god me, speaks through them yes yes okay and so i go up to get prophesied over it, this dude had a bolo necktie a curly ass mullet like i mean he was big ass belt buckle his name was gary something country as hell put his hand on me and he said i see you as being some sort of general or something in athletics so i'm like fuck yeah i'm gonna be the captain of the baseball team in high school get some <laughs> girls let's go you know what i'm saying but and now here we are you know 25 plus years later and it's like wow that was some crazy shit it's wild you know it's wild have you ever looked this guy up i have i couldn't i can't remember his last name i don't know that i could find him you know, but it was really, it was really interesting. It was really interesting. But yeah, so that, so that we were deep in the church. Dude comes out. He just clowns me. I start working out on my back porch. And um, hey, did you guys? It, sorry, one more thing. Did you guys go to church no. because she was getting weird? Like your your mom or dad, one of them, whoever you're going to church with, was hitting rock bottom, or was it a ploy, like to make the judge think you were the a ploy? Oh, really? It was a ploy. Okay, yeah, it so was a ploy. It was like, hey, let's yeah. up our image. Uh, right. mom's like, let me up my image and I'll take the boys uh-huh. to church and then I'll get them from yeah. dad. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. 
Yep, that, that was the game. That, and they and were playing the work. She got you. Too. And she got she you. Did. Okay. Yeah, she, I think eventually we, they just finally settled out of court. I mean, it was my childhood was sketchy. You know, uh, my mom, uh, the, it, the reason she didn't have me is because she was absent for a couple of years, like just all uh, fucking up and, you know, a bunch of rough shit. And so then she comes back in the picture and she essentially kidnaps me from my pops. One weekend she was just supposed to hang out. She never let me go back. You know, it was the best thing in the world that happened for me, though, because I wasn't going to get any structure or any anything of any substance on the other side. And it already, I, I kind of already started trailing off a little hood rat path. So, <clears throat> okay, so you end up going to church. Um, you end up going to youth camp. You get the calling from the prophet. You get called out by your buddy. You start mm-hmm. working out um, at home. Mm-hmm. And. Um, what's the next step there? And at this point, you well, so, you're, so you're kind of like me, you never even played any sports in school or anything. Nah, none at all. Nothing. Zero. Okay. I played, I played like some backyard baseball, you know? Right. Okay. You so know? it's not like and, you, were, uh, you were coordinated. You could throw a ball still and you could, right. Ride, right. I did. I did have a, ride base a bike and just normal neighborhood. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I was always like, you know, climbing trees, running from bullies, you know, jumping fences and shit. Like when, when one of the things that really looped me into uh, CrossFit early on was how tied to parkour they were, you know, like, like early on, there was a lot of parkour shit that really yeah. tied in. And, um, and that, that shit, I loved that shit. I only did low level stuff, you know, like just the basic, like military grade shit, like get from A to B as quickly as possible. But man, I love that shit. So yeah. So then, so we get out of, uh, so I graduated high school. I start, I start getting compliments, you know, you know, everybody loves a compliment. I'm like, they're like, oh my God, your arms are so big. I'm like, holy shit. Okay, let's go, you know? And and I, I wanted, that was fucking empowering. So 18, I get- And were you doing 80s. buys and tries and, and- and Oh yeah, full. I was okay. following every fucking uh, muscle fitness meathead bullshit I could. And I did that most of my way through college. Right. Um, me and too. then, yeah. I mean, because we- I took me for do I would every everybody says the same thing. Everybody wishes they would have found CrossFit sooner. Right. Every athlete I've ever had, every person that's been a fitness enthusiast in any way, they always wish they would have just found CrossFit out the gate. And I'm right. in the same boat for sure. Right. You know. So we did. I did my little muscle fitness shit, and I got my uh, I got my personal training cert when I was 18. The first one I got was ACE American yeah, Council on Exercise. American what? Council on Exercise. Okay. Are they still around? I believe Ace is still around. Yeah. Okay. I think so. Yeah. They did. They didn't. They haven't gone against Glassman yet, so they'll probably be. They, they better be watch out. They better dude, watch out, dude. When I read up on all that shit on how they were trying to pressure him and shit, I was like, they picked the wrong motherfucking one. Oh, the poor <laughs> NSCA man. They are in bad. Dude, they should have never attacked Greg like that. That was my next cert. My next cert was I got. My, I got my CSCS also when I was 18, but it couldn't be official without my degree. So I got my CSCS, passed the test and everything, but then it wasn't official until I graduated from college. Where did and, Oh, you went to college. And how many years did you go I to did. college? I, all four. I got a, a degree in kinesiology from Louisiana College. I started pre-med because I was the smart kid, and I thought that's what smart kids were supposed to do, you know? And... Um, and yeah, just I I, I worked uh, in college. We first when I, my first year, my freshman year, we just had this little shit hole of a weight room. You know the the sports kids they had their shit, but we had this little shit hole of a weight room. 
I weaseled my way in. I, I was managing it, you know, taking care of it, cleaning it up. And I just started like personal training some of my boys, you know, and I made a lot of my mistakes on them. I had one family that I was kind of basically an errand boy for, like anything they needed, I'd do. I uh, clean house, build a barn, muck stalls, like uh, they had horses and shit. So I that personal trained them in home, you know. And then from uh, then, my somewhere in my college, I think my second or third year of college, they built this big ass, gorgeous Louisiana athletic club that students could use and was open to the community. Um, got a lifeguarding job there. Finally worked my way onto the fitness staff and fitness floor. Just hustled my way all the way through. And um, eventually I got on with AFA and that's what eventually jumped me to Michigan. And did you, were you just noticing changes in your body right away as soon as you started working out? It was, it happened because it was, because it was such a clean slate. It did happen pretty quick at first. You know, I never, I've never been one of those hard lean guys. You know, like I said, see, like all these, like my wife, even all these people just like have that hard leanness. I've never been that. I've never had that, you know, but I, uh, I was always small. So all I ever wanted to do was big, be big. You know, I've, I've met Ronnie Coleman and Jay Cutler and those fucking big bodybuilder guys. And I followed that culture for like, for most of my college career, but I just, I wanted to be big cause I was always so small. Dude, my, when I graduated like high school, my wrist and arm were the same diameter all the way up. There was like a little <laughs> knot at the elbow, bro. It was bad, dude. It was, I was a frail, frail human. How tall are you? You look tall. I'm five, eight. Oh, okay. Five, eight, five, eight and a half. Nothing when you crazy. stand over your computer like that, you look like you're six, four. That's a good look. Listen, I've been doing a lot of zoom sessions, bro. I got it down. <laughs> so you're doing all this. And then what, and then what, when does your path path cross with CrossFit? So I moved, after I moved to Michigan, I was uh, still, I, I was having a hard time with motivation. I hadn't really discovered the whole concept of discipline yet. And I started, and then, but finally I, got, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to program some shit out for myself. And I did, I did a three-day split. I did one day all, all barbell work, but like explosive barbell work. I would do one day all body weight, so a gymnastic day, you know? And then I would do one day all my bodybuilding accessory bullshit. And okay. my body just fucking started changing quick. How did you come up with boy. that? How did you come I, up I, with I, that? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I really, really don't. Like I had, so you were just experimenting, just experimenting. And, um, and then my boy, Tim Prater, who's a Cairo. So good friend of mine, he owns an affiliate in Ohio. And he, uh, he started doing the same shit. He was like, bro, what the fuck? And we were, it was just changing so quick. So, one of my first stops, I was looking for more barbell work, more technique on barbell work. And I came across this beautiful haven library of movement that I'd never seen anywhere else. That was CrossFit.com's exercise and demos page. You know, and um, what year so is I this? this was 2008. Okay, so early. Yeah, 2008. And, uh, and the, then, so I, I kick over to the main page and I'm looking at the wide and it's uh, Brendan, now Brendan NYC, that married Allison NYC. Right. Um, he's doing like fucking 40 inch box jumps and all Oh, this and stuff. he wears his hat like you kind of. He's got he the does. hat on real low. Yeah, that's, okay. That's, maybe that's where it really came so from. So you're bonding. <laughs> so you're you know, bonding. We're, we're connected. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? We got that bro bond. And um, so, and I was like, and I showed it to Tim and he's like, bro, let's do it. I said, 
fuck that shit. I'm not doing that. And we've been doing it ever since. So. And, and when you said not to do that, you weren't interested in doing that. Was it because it looked too hard or because it just it looked fucking, it looked insane, bro. I'd never yeah. seen anything like it. You know, but I, I thought I, it was I insane trained, when I first saw it. Yeah. Too. Yeah, bro. Like a hundred pull-ups in one workout. What? Right. And this dude's <laughs> repping 40 inch box jumps. I come from a strength and conditioning background. You do those in small sets one at a fucking time. You're not bounding them, you know, right. and, but it was, and, and, and then we were just hooked, man. And, it, and then for that, from there, my motivation, I was like, shit, I think I could be Batman. If I train this shit and with, mixed in with the parkour, I can fucking be Batman. I can really do some good in the world, you know, <laughs> and it's, it's wild. When, when did you take your L1 and when did you consider opening a CrossFit gym, your own facility? Um, I immediately upon finding CrossFit and learning the second I knew that an affiliation was an option, I was interested. And, um, but I, I don't know if, I don't think I knew that until my level, level one started. And I took it, I believe in March of, it might have been March of 2009. Oh, so quickly. Yeah, I took around. it pretty quick. I mean, it was, it was continuing ed for me. You know, I was a fitness professional. I need to see I, and, and do, and bro, like, so I, I taught next to CrossFit as far as uh, personal fitness organizations that I've experienced as far as educationally. AFA does a very distant second best good job. And the only reason for that is because they have a huge practical portion and they have an actual practical test portion of the exam, you know. But when after that first level one, sir, dude, just the the focus on movement, the the way it was put together, it was it was. Per- I learned more in that fucking two day weekend than I did my whole four years in college. Do you know how many times I've heard that? Probably infinite. Yeah. And, and, you know? and the reason why I got involved with CrossFit, I had no interest in the fitness space. I was a, a, a filmmaker. And I ended up, um, I, I offered to make some videos for uh, Greg and Lauren just because I had been to their website and I know they needed them. This was in 2006, end of 2006. And they're like, oh, come check out an L1. And I was like, eh, I don't really want to do that. But I went anyway and my brain Dude. exploded. Oh, I couldn't it's, believe it, it, they introduced me to, and, and I mean, I, it, for unreal. me, it's, no, it's not a surprise that they blew me away because I had no background. But to blow someone away who's been doing it for 10 years already, I mean, that says oh, a lot. Bro, they were, they were just, they were focused on all the right shit. You know what I'm saying? And like, and I had already started, even though I was still, a, you know, a wannabe bodybuilder meathead, like I was, uh, when I started training clients one-on-one, and so they're only coming to see me two days a week, right? So I want to get as much work in those two days as possible. The, on, the only and obvious path is functional shit. Right. You know, I had these 50-year-old ladies running down to the Red River, running stadiums, coming down, picking up stones and doing what I now know is a med ball slam or a ground to overhead, you know, and like, because it just made sense. And that, the level one, you're just blew me away. I pissed myself at my level one. It's a fun fact. Yeah, tell me you what know? happened. How so we were. Happen? It was like, uh, a fight. is saying something so powerful you can't get up and use the bathroom. I mean, that's just a normal day to day. But uh, um, so we uh, we get up there and we the two odds we were still doing at the level one at that time were Fran on day one. You know, I PR'd my friend. It was dope. It was great. Cool. Awesome. And 
And then uh, I did, and then we did Fight Gone Bad on day two. Fucking yeah. hate. I don't like. I don't like chippers. And I, I was so I, I busted my ass. I went as hard as I could. When he said time, I hit the ground and I felt myself just like start to piss a little. And I was like, oh shit! And had to get up and run. I just I pushed it to that level. You know, like it was it was crazy. I'm trying to remember caught, which. I'm trying to remember which workout it was. I want to say it was the first workout at the CrossFit Games one year, and I don't want to. I don't want to say the wrong people's names, but I think it was Jason Kalipa at the end of the workout was laying on the ground, and he's like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "What?" He goes, "I'm just peeing right now." Dude, that's then, that's where I bro. I'm, and the I'm, guy I'm from so and the guy from Canada, I think, did the same thing. Parker, I could be wrong. What was his name? Jesus. I don't remember his last name either, but I know you're talking about The redheaded guy, big old yeah. jack dude with all the hair yeah, yeah, yeah. everywhere. We yeah. does the, has the weird stretch. He's like always stretching or moving or rolling on something. Always. Or, He's just yeah, one of those yeah. guys. Yeah. Like you can look at him and you know exactly how he smells. It's just like a man, you know, like. <laughs> at the games one year, we had, we had an event at Camp Pendleton. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, I think it's a Marine Corps base in Southern California, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And they had, to, they had to go from like swimming to riding a bike. And he got naked and someone complained, like one of the Marine families complained. I'm like, we're on a fucking Marine base and he got naked and someone complained. I would think this would be a totally fine place to get naked. <laughs> I don't know why. The Marines don't give a shit. Anything goes. What? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so you do your L1, blows your mind. You push yourself to the extreme. You set a PR in Fran. You pee yourself and fight gone bad. By the way, I, that's what I did in my Fran and fight gone bad. Oh, fuck on that is brutal, man. And, that was and at that point, then you some something happens, you become inspired to open a gym. So my my our whole name, um, New Species CrossFit, is from uh in the in that particular level one sir, uh Tony Budding cited a study that suggested that um all you need to be a different species is a fifty percent uh difference in either genetic or phenotypic um gene expression you know like either no phenotypes what's the other one Geno, yeah genotypes phenotypes so phenotypes we can control those right so i would so in the whole the end point of his whole uh speech or lecture was literally with this level of athletic development we become a whole different species than those that aren't you know, and that just fucking hit me. And that I was like, because that took that little snippet of what I told you when I was like 17, 18, like you can control this part of yourself. Motherfucker, you can make yourself a different species. You know, and that just like it, it resonated with me hard. And then, you know, our tagline is unleash the evolution. And it just it just grew from there, you know. And then uh, my my tattoo artist actually drew our original logo concept, which was uh, two dragons intertwined into a DNA double helix. And, um, and but later on, it got cleaned up. I was, da- I was uh, training this marketing guy, and he cleaned it up a lot for me. It, it's, it's pretty now. But, it, and that was it, man. That, that was the birth of new species. That was the origin. That's where it came from. That's where everything started. That level did, one, sir. <clears throat> did you affiliate in 2009? Yep. Yep. So we, um, I actually initially just wanted to affiliate to sell t-shirts. You know, I was going to keep that before. I've heard that before. 
Uh, yeah, you know, because no one was really doing it yet. No one, like, uh, Project X wasn't out. None of those guys. You know, Rogue wasn't even in the apparel game yet. And um, so I was in the process of building my website. It got done faster than I put my affiliation through. And early on, so <laughs> there were there were some, there was a little bit of cat fighting between a couple local box groups. And I was frustrated because I was the one that fucking actually introduced them to CrossFit. But when they saw my website hit, they whistle blew that shit. You know, Kathy was on the phone and I was like, oh shit, I'm so sorry. And she just worked. And that's, that's why I actually sent, I found that wide that I wrote for Kathy Glassman. And it was all based on that whole situation. I sent it to her today and it was, uh, because she was so chill and so cool and so understanding about it. And I put that bitch on a credit card affiliated right there. Couldn't afford it at all, but that's what we do. And now you have a location. (laughs) Yes, sir. And, And it's in Michigan. Yep. Technically Royal Oak. Say it again. Where? Uh, Royal Oak, Michigan. We're uh, we're in the Metro Detroit area. And um, so you're, it's 2009. That is 11 years ago. You're 27 years old and you open a CrossFit gym. Holy shit. You've been an affiliate owner for a long time. Man. Couldn't be prouder, man. And um, tell me about your location now. Um, it's, it's finally just, so just before this pandemic hit, hi babe, love you. (laughs) Just before this pandemic hit, we just finished uh, a 3000 square foot expansion. And for the first time in my history, I felt like my box was finally complete is finally complete. My tires, I don't have to store them outside. I can store them inside. So I don't have to get all the rain out of them and shit, you know, like, and it's, so, dude, it's it's fucking gorgeous, bro. Like, I'm not gonna lie, our box is so dope. It's uh, it's twelve thousand square feet. <clears throat> yeah, we got a big one. But we we started. My, so I started crossfitting. So when I first started, we were in the basement of a YMC of that same YMCA where I was fitness director, and I kicked out the massage therapist because she wasn't making us any money. And I built a little crossfit room in the basement of this motherfucker. It was probably. 400 square feet, 500 square feet. So from, I was, I'm one of the few affiliates. And I think some of this is because of when we got in, I got to follow and because of my fitness background, but I had, a, I got to follow a very natural CrossFit evolution, similar to what Glassman had, was forced into, you know? So I built this shit at the Y <clears throat> affiliate with CrossFit. I got fired from the YMCA because of CrossFit. I was the top grossing fitness director at any YMCA in the country ever. That first year I did, I was fitness director. We did 185% of budget. And it was why were you fired? Because of my affiliation with CrossFit, they tried to say it was a non-compete. Now, the real reason I think I was fired is I think there was some uh, unread, the regional fitness director that was right above me. There was a lot of people trying to push me into his position and I didn't want it. I told him, I'm like, when they, they wanted to make me an executive director of a branch too. And I'm like, I, dude, I'm not getting away from fitness. I won't do it. Was there you any know, sex even in with, this story? Were there any women, any shenanigans? No, no, nah, no, nah, dude. I was, I'm pretty, I was, much I'm, I'm I'm pretty, pretty much I'm over pretty it straight laced, man. Yeah, I know. It's no fun. I'm pretty straight laced. So what do you, mean, so, what do you mean they wanted to, 
They they said it was because of the the compete. I, you, you lost. They me. so based on our and I even Savan even had it worded on the website that promoted the different locations that we were at at the YMCA, and so they were saying that basically I was trying that I was doing. I was personal training or CrossFitting or running this CrossFit business to some extent outside of the Y and it was a non-compete violation. What they didn't fucking realize is I was running that shit inside of the Y. I was selling my shirts in the Y and I was using it to get that 185%. All we were selling was CrossFit. All, I had all my personal trainers on it. Okay. And, none, and the trainers that didn't turn over into CrossFit style trainers, they didn't survive. Because the other shit was too and, good. And who is making who is making the money from that CrossFit gym? The YMCA or you? The, I was I I had a salary base for my fitness director's position. I had a um, I, I made my money off personal training also, and I was still teaching for AFA. But all the they just took fifty percent, like any other global gym. Okay, okay. Yeah. So it was all it was on it was on the up and up. Yeah, it was all up and up. It was all chill. Like I did it all straight. But the second they saw that website, it came back around. I had a meeting with my regional director who and uh, who's a full fucking douchebag. And um, my new executive director, because they had just my other guy who I, whom I loved and I would have stayed under him forever, to be honest with you. Um, he moved off to another uh, branch and they, they brought me in. They sat me down in the office. I said and they're like, I said, OK. I took my keychain off. I put it on the desk. I took my name tag off. I put it on the desk. I called my homie and we started hauling all of the equipment that I had bought out of the YMCA. The next day we trained in a park right behind the YMCA. I didn't reschedule a single fucking client. One, because it was a convenient location and two, because fuck them. After the park, after it started getting cold, that was about September. It started getting cold in Michigan. So then we moved to one of my early partners, one car garage. Then we moved to a three car garage. And then we opened our first affiliate space as an actual brick and mortar, not a garage, about 2,800 square feet. And and how long between the day you affiliated to opening up that 2,800 square foot facility? That whole journey from YMCA to garage, to park, to garage, to garage. That one year, I'll say about about two to three years. Okay, and and you're the sole owner. Yes, sir. When I started, I had uh, I had uh, two other partners, but they both got out early. Well, one partner rode out with me, and we're we're all on good terms. All of us. Uh, My boy Rich moved out to Cali. He's living in San Diego now. Um, Still personal training and shit. He was a a boxer. Uh, My girl Amanda, she stayed on with me for a while, but then. She was kind of, she was in this process of, she was in her coming out process. And I was like, man, who the fuck are you coming out to? We all know you like pussy. It's okay. (laughs) I do too. Me too, girl. I got you. Me too. I'm not even mad. Let's go troll. Let's go. You know? And um, so, but in kind of in that process of, you know, finding herself, she ended up moving out to New York and she took care of me so well. She got all the paperwork and everything together to make sure the affiliate was completely signed over to me. Like that was like her parting gift. And it was, and then after that, dude, we just, when I didn't have anyone else to uh, blame my shortcomings on, as far as getting classes on the schedule, et cetera, et cetera, I didn't have a scapegoat anymore. 
we I just hit it like gangbusters, man, and we just we just started, and here we are. <clears throat> For the first probably six months, or maybe even a year, even after we were in that space in the our first box space, we were still mostly just doing one on ones in small groups. You know, we didn't really have a class schedule yet. And it was called CrossFit New Species the entire time from yep. beginning to today. Yes, sir. Okay, so you're, so you're in this gym now. You just finished the 3,000-foot expansion. You're, um, you're in Royal Oaks, Michigan. Um, how many clients are, are at the facility? So we pre-COVID – Is that we an appropriate question to ask affiliate owners? I hear it I, asked I so like often – Honestly, for me, the, the only reason it would be a problem for me is because I don't want to sound like a bragger. Because anytime I try to boast or brag about some shit, the universe just kicks me right in the dick. Right. You know? um, so we were, we were batting about uh, 250 to 300. Yeah, that's boasting. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we, we do pretty well. You know, we're blessed, man. We really are. Let's, let, it is a weird thing to ask an affiliate owner and people do it so casually maybe it's just from where i sit but it's kind of like asking someone like um how big how much money you make yeah how much exactly yeah Yeah, it's like it's like pretty private it's it's in your pants it's like none of anyone's business i mean except for unless like like why you want to invest in my business or what why the fuck you ask right you want to sleep with me why are you asking and it's it's crazy because we so we have there's there's a few Local and I'm sure how Savan, how is the overall cross? So you've seen a lot of it, right? So yes. in different pockets of the country where there are affiliates that are you know relatively close. You know, I've I've been blessed enough to maintain a pretty good perimeter around new species. But dude, when we opened, there were three affiliates in Metro Detroit. I think at our peak there were over fifty in just in Metro Detroit. You know, and so is it, is there always little rivalries and shit? Are there any like utopian communities where everyone gets along and loves everybody? Like it kind of was at first. You might be asking the wrong person, but I want to say no. I want to say yeah. it's, it, it's, I mean, it's a, so the community, it's an alpha community. It's mm-hmm. all people who want to take re- personal responsibility for themselves. It's people who want to make themselves better. It's people who don't in general want to, you know, they want to succeed. They want to be the best at what they do. Right. People, for people sure. who do CrossFit aren't fucking around. You know what I mean? They, no. they, they're, they're woke. They're, they're, yeah, hundred percent alert people or they're on that journey. For and, sure. Um, Absolutely. They share that thread somewhere. Yeah. And so in some, you know, there's some things that you hear are just absolutely crazy. Like every year we've had the games, the people who, the security who runs the venue every year says the same thing holy shit, we've never seen 30,000 people come together and there not be a single fight, no theft. Like they That's just can't, amazing, get, they can't get their head wrapped around it, right? Not that a single so fight. Like if your purse gets missing at the games, it's showing up. I mean, it's just That's, weird shit. You can so, throw so it's your, like, it's just an extension of the affiliate. Right, yes, yes. That's amazing, It's like bro. a Grateful Dead concert, except without the LSD. I mean, it is really... Um, <laughs> if I was... Any kids who are in the age between the age of 18 and 25 should go to the games and camp there every year and just rage. It is, it is heaven on earth, but yeah, I'll have to do it, man. I've always seen, um, um, yeah, it's our burning man. Yeah, Um, for sure. hundred percent. But I've always seen, I feel like I've always seen some rivalry between the affiliates, you know, if people get clients, 
but just on the alpha note, that makes sense. Yeah. And clients go from here, you know, you have like, my mom's been to three boxes, three mm-hmm. different boxes and, um, she loves all of her boxes, but she's switched for reasons, right? She was at one right, box. For sure. She loved it. They were so good to her, but then her favorite trainer left. So she went to that new box and then, yeah. um, then she moved cities. So she came to Santa Cruz and she loved that box, but then she it was too much traffic. So she moved to another box and I can always tell there's a little bit of, um, it's not as bad as, you know, it's not as bad as like leaving one girlfriend and going to another girlfriend, but there's, right. there's a little stake on it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And For everyone sure. like thinks we, that the box they're at is the fucking best and that their yeah. first trainer is fucking came from the heavens and touched by God and knows everything there is to know. Yes. 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 Yeah. So yeah. I get it. Yeah. If we're doing it right. Yes. You know? <laughs> if we're doing yes. it right. For sure, man. Yeah, because, I mean, that's like, you know, I will say this, though. So I've only ever really had active, I wouldn't even call it active, but I've only ever really had beef with like three boxes ever, you know, of all the ones locally. Most of us actually do very well, fairly well. I actually have a few that will reach out to me before they make any big business moves or whatever, just because they know I've been in the game for a minute. Um, But I will say with this pandemic, if anything positive has come from it, two of the three like we're like we're just fucking cool now you know we've been texting each other we're friends on facebook now where we weren't before we're following each other on instagram and shit so even though like we had our differences and whatnot you know like when it really comes down to it we're still cut from the same cloth you know right and you have a common enemy right right exactly the business closure yep so you are running this business are you know that you are saving people's lives? You have 200 to 300 members that you have inoculated from chronic disease. And what I mean by that is all the things that are killing 80% of Americans. We fight against. Yeah. You we fight face. against, you're allowing them to build a hedge against. And you know, like, so the other day I just for shits and giggles, I looked up how many people die every year falling down the stairs. And the number is 12,000 what the yeah, fuck in the united Holy states alone shit. and so just in the u.s yes fucking shit, so if you man. think about that less people die significantly significantly less people die every year from covid and the flu and blah 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 who are healthy i mean healthy people just don't die oh, yeah. from the flu or the covid no. so I was thinking, but then I started thinking about it and I don't remember if I was talking about it with Greg or who I was talking about it with, but someone said, yeah, dude, the same thing is true with Cro- CrossFitter falls down the stairs. He's probably okay. But yeah, if you're hundred pounds overweight and you have type two diabetes and, and you have osteoporosis, you fall down the stairs, you're fucking toast. And Bro, that, we and fall all the, we fall all the time. Yes. You so, know? so, so t- tell me, tell me. This question's all over the place. I'm going to take it back a step. Tell me your journey from when you first heard about COVID to where you're at now. Like, were you ever like you heard about it and you just thought it was this weird thing in China to, oh, shit, it's here in the States. And I think we should mask up to like, what the fuck? I need to open my business. I mean, was there any? Yeah. Journey, so, psychological okay. journey like so that? yeah, for, absolutely. So I, 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 for the most part, and honestly, to some extent, even in the CrossFit community, I kind of keep my head down stay off the radar and I focus on my little tribe of people. 
that's all I give a fuck about. They are my family. They're my love. I have that, that love extends upward to all of you. You know, like, honestly, like, like Glassman was saying, like, I can say, I love you because it's just that commonality, you know? Um, so I wasn't paying much attention to it. I don't really fuck with politics much. Like I stay away from all that shit. You know, I, I'm a good box owner, so I avoid politics and religion. You know, that's why we got, you know, that's why we have a pretty fair amount of people. And so then it just all starts hitting. So Whitmer, you have to close for uh, two weeks is where we started. Savant, I have never closed for anything ever. All right. I don't close. We've had power outages. We were open with headlights and heaters. We had it. I had double hip replacement. No problem. We're going to keep going. I was out for a Wait, you personally weeks. had double hip replacement? Yeah. How Full come? Double. How come? Um, a bilateral superior capital femoral epiphysis, a bilateral skippy. Uh, it was a, a genetic thing. Like some, I, you know what? I'm honestly convinced that my growth plates got fucked up in the heads of my femurs, in the necks of my femurs. And they, you know, like those old pirates guns, pirates pistols. So my hips basically malformed to something around that shape. And it also fucked up the socket of my head. So it just was all fucked up. So it didn't why matter. Do you, what why I do you did. think it malformed? I, I'm tripping that you're too young to have two hip replacements. Oh yeah. No dude. Full double bro. And yeah. So it, so I, I'm guess I think I landed wrong jumping off roofs and shit when I was a kid because I don't have any family history of this shit, you know, but basically something shifted in my growth plates and it just fucked off. So I was always a little bit toes out, you know, but bro, I had like with my real hips, I had some pretty decent CrossFit numbers, you know, with those fucked up hips and then it just, it just it started getting crazy, man. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. And it honestly, it took, because I am so young, I think, it took me a while to uh, figure out for anybody to diagnose it. And I, um, my, my first pit bull damaged my knee by running into it head first. So I was on a follow-up after all that shit. And I hear him outside because I, I was like, dude, my hips aren't right. I thought they were frozen or something. I didn't know what was going on. He leaves the door open. I hear him say to his nurse, man, his hips are fucked. Oh, <laughs> oh, you heard the doctor say that. I heard him. So I'm like, I can hear you, bro. <laughs> he was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, nah, dude, just tell me, you know? And so, yeah, they had start. So they had, at that point, they had begun wearing through all of the cartilage. And, um, <clears throat> I mean, I kept moving the best I could, you know. And did you have a did you have a bad accident jumping off a roof? Because it's funny you say that. Because I jumped off a roof in college and broke my back. No shit. Yeah, and uh, I landed wrong, and then I and I blacked out, and I woke up, and I got on my bike and rode my girlfriend home on the handlebars, and then I, the next morning I was like stuck. You Holy know, like, shit! You broke bro. your back. Oh, it's crazy. No. So, yeah. <laughs> so bad. so then so then basically like you know. There was nothing they could do. They just gave me a ton of uh, Vicodin or Oxycontin or whatever. But now that I'm 48, I feel it again. You know, I'm like, ooh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. my spine's got a little arthritis in it. It's a little little janky. I bet, bro. I don't remember a particular incident. I was just, I just, I jumped off a lot of shit as a kid. Mm -hmm. You know, like, so I I just, I don't, I don't know if, like, at just the wrong moment. I really don't know, man. I don't know. But I'll tell you what, dude, my hips feel like butter now. Okay. It makes good. Because my kids jump a lot. I don't. My kids like my kids jump for a living. Oh, dude, I love I love what you're doing with your kids, man. And you got me nervous about 
no, 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 don't, don't. Listen, okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything. Okay. I, I on those fucked up hips, I, I deadlifted over four. I back squatted near four, so damn, they, they were fine. So, okay, but um, yeah, okay, and, so you, yeah, so so going back to closed. the journey, so you never close. You know, even on Christmas, you're open and Easter. Even, and- we, there's two. We are closed two days a year. We're closed on New Year's Day because everybody got fucked up the night before, and they're not going to show. And I don't want that new year's shit uh-huh. and christmas day mm-hmm. that's it christmas eve we run wads uh, new year's eve we run wads thanksgiving we run wads i've i one time i got i was coming i was driving to the affiliate for a morning class i just got my hummer i hit the brake and i hit a patch of ice and i actually accelerated i thought i was going to crash into the building by the grace of god i was able to jump it off the curb i ran into a telephone pole it spun me into the most perfect parallel park i've ever performed i got my ass out and taught the fucking class bro how's like, your that's what you, it, it's it hit on a frame horn it was fine those motherfuckers are tanks dude they had to replace the pole but the hummer was fine <laughs> awesome <laughs> it was it was fine man you know there was another time i got I, I told you i mentioned in a text or something earlier how bad at adulting i am on the phone call um, I forgot my key to the gym. I'd given it to somebody else or whatever to open it. Well, we had this little side utility closet and I was like, fuck it. I punched my way through the closet and unlatched, unlatched the garage door. We went in and we fucking had class, man. I repaired it later, you know, like, but just, just to fucking establish, we don't fucking close. Right. Don't fucking close. And so it rolls out and it immediately put me. So, the, so they tell you the city. Who tells you you have to close for two weeks? You get a letter um, from the, the state, state, the governor. Okay, the governor. Yep. And so, and you have that. You have that. You have that pretty the governor that's getting all the notoriety for being. Yeah, so she's, okay. she's she's going for that VP spot, and um, and that's when it really began to bother me. When it when it it sucks that it become it somehow became a political issue. And I mean, everything is because it's an election year, but it's like, bro, this is a fucking public health issue. It's not a fucking platform, right? you know, and it's just so fucking frustrating. So that or that she made that announcement at 3 p.m. ish. Uh, we were waiting for it all day. Uh, we had taught our classes that morning. Um, we still rolled whomever came in that evening. We have classes at 435, 36, 30 and 730 p.m. And whoever showed we rolled for but and then i did uh i just addressed my people on video and i was like i was in tears bro like i was like because we don't i don't close you know and but and honestly even still the only reason i did is because being in tune with my population i knew how split it was going to be you know if it were just a bunch of me i'd have said fuck it I'd have been, I'd have, I'd have done what Greg said. I'd have blacked out my windows and come up with a special knot, you know, but I, I, I was going to lose members if I didn't. So so tell me what that looks, tell me what that looks like. So basically you're running a business and if you, it's like all of a sudden the local 7-Eleven where you take your kids every morning for donuts, they have, they're selling porn in the window. So you stop going there because you don't want your kids to see it. You're saying Mm -hmm. that you have clients who would have been like, fuck Honeycut. he's got his business open and oh, you want a you want a fun story you want some fucking fire yeah let's hear it. i'll let's prove hear. it i have a real life example all right so day one by the way that's this. a great name Honeycut. 
Not bad, right? Yeah, you're pretty. You yeah. could do a lot of shit with that. You could have been yeah. a boxer or whatever. It's cool. <laughs> um, so, dude, day one of this shit. So I released my heartfelt I'm in tears video. All right. And somewhere in there, I was like, uh, you know, but we might be up here if you just want to stop by, you know, like, like kind of like, hey, holler at me if you want to get something, man. You know, right. we're trying to play it chill. I had this motherfucker that used to be a member of mine. All right. I mean, he was I, I put this motherfucker on a lifetime unlimited free membership for his family and him because he had done so much work around the box when we expanded. You know, like he was like one of my thought like ride or dies. Right. Over the years, he got less and less consistent. Um, we, like many other boxes, uh, we had a little breakaway of a couple of my coaches, and he kind of was more aligned with them than me. But it, no, there was no bad blood or anything. So, and he actually, within a, a few months before this, had come into one of my noon classes. I welcomed him with open arms. How are the kids? Everything cool. This shit pops off. This motherfucker gets on Instagram, posts. New Species CrossFit, Joshua Honeycutt, 4305, my address, contact info, info, everything, at CrossFit HQ, at Governor Whitmer, at uh, Royal OPD. This motherfucker apparently thinks he's too hardcore to close, and he's willing to risk public health and safety over it. Where did he post that? On fucking Instagram, bro. And I'm like... I he has me. Hey, blocked. someone who has kids should know better than to do that, by the way. But because you know so, what I'm saying? Yeah. So let me just give a little public service to people. Do you have kids, Josh? Yes, sir. I have an eight year old. Okay. So just so you know, anyone who doesn't have kids, you need to know something. When those of us who have kids, when you fuck with our livelihood, we just take oh, yeah. basically everything you're doing, you're fucking with our kids. We think of everything. everything. Everything with our kids. Everything I yep. do every morning when I put gas in the car, I don't want to my kids smelling fumes. When I go yep. to work, when I pay the bills, the reason why I don't buy a oh, pair of new jeans, it's everything I fucking do. When I use a, a contraception with my wife, I'm thinking about the kids I already have. <laughs> I mean, everything. And so when, when someone like that, when yeah. you attack someone like uh, um, someone could be the biggest pussy cat in the world and they get kids and all of a sudden they'll turn into a fucking oh, dude, animal. So, so I, so I, I take yeah. that as a personal attack on but, you and your family. Like he should have, he's trying you. to take fucking food off my plate. Yes. Yes. He should have called you and been like, Josh, dude, what the fuck what are, are you doing, doing, bro? Yeah. That is bro, a he, real, I don't know him, but he's a pussy. He's a pussy, bro. And yeah. I'll let him know. And so I, I texted him. I have his fucking number. Yeah. I didn't see this shit. My boy, who's an open county prosecutor, commented on it. He's like, you a bitch-ass snitch at home. And, and, dude, they ended up getting him in trouble. They called his fucking boss, and he had to talk to HR. So I immediately text this cat. And, Savannah, I didn't even lose my shit at first. And, like, I'm, I'm a lot of yeah, energy. You shouldn't stick to this be, level. And I can be very fucking aggressive. I, 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 listen, I grew up in the fucking projects. Like, right. I am a fucking hood rat to my soul. So I, I'm like, bro, listen, I, and I said it like this. I didn't cuss nothing. I was like, my man, you're going to need to keep my name out of your mouth and off your Instagram. Fair. You know, Fair. I was like, I was like, dude, if you want to have a tough chat, dude, he blew. I think he was I, one. I think he was drinking. And two, I think this shit had really fucked with him on some weird level. I don't even know. And he's got some weird unrequited feelings toward me. I don't know what they are. It's weird. 
And I'm like, and he he's like, what the fuck's up then, bro? You don't know me. You underestimate me. I I went full fucking country white trash hood rat. I was like, bitch, calm the fuck up. Come up right now. Right now. Me and my wife are motherfucking here. Let's go right the fuck now, bitch. Fuck your bitch ass. You're a fucking coward. Let's go. Never showed. He actually drove through the parking lot, but kept going. But, and then later on, you know, he apologized. He gave me some half-ass apology. And I came back at him with, bro, listen, um, it's obvious that you and I don't have anything good to say to each other. Or, and there's really um, no reason for our paths to ever cross again. I've never showed you anything but loving kindness. And you kicked me your hardest when I was at my lowest. So we're good. You know, and now and he came back with another apology that was more heartfelt, said he didn't reported me. But then two days later, I'm getting a call from my boy telling me that he's talking to HR. At his work. Yeah. For the fucking for Oakland County, Michigan, dude. Like, I mean, he's it, so now he's fucking with my livelihood and the livelihood of my fucking homie. You're coming at people's fucking jobs over what? Some internet bully bullshit? Fuck you, man. So l- let me ask you this. This is a little off subject here, but uh, so so they, they tell you you're going to be closed for two weeks. You announced your members you're going to be closed for two weeks. You sort of signal them and tell them they could sneak in the back door and still get their sweat on with you. Mm-hmm. Um, some old time client who's already left um, tattletales on you. Um, mm-hmm. What did you think about the some of the people in the community who were sort of virtue signaling um, some of the people who had a lot of followers in the community? And there's a whole handful of them who were like mm-hmm. suggesting CrossFit gyms, you guys need to close down. You know, certain owners and big members in the community mm-hmm. were like, they were taking some sort of, you know, people were saying that HQ needed to say stuff. I would see that once in a while. What's the message yeah. from HQ? And Greg was holding steady and, and, and watching very closely. Um, but the, there was a group of people who started saying, hey, you guys need to close down. And they had no, they were sort of like throw, bestowing leadership onto themselves. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And now that we're eight weeks into it, I'm like, man, are these people going to apologize? Because it's, right. become, That's what I'm because thinking, it's become very clear. I mean, I don't know if you saw the reports last week, but the people who are sheltering in place are getting coronavirus at a faster 66% rate. 66% of new yeah. cases in New York. Yeah. And I was on a call today and there was a CrossFit gym who said every single member of their affiliate got the COVID. And when I asked them, how did that happen? It was exactly what John Iannotti said out of Stanford. He said, hey, there's a big mistake of sending all these sick people to the hospital with, because if the workers at the hospital aren't vaccinated, they're going to get it and they're going to become the biggest spreaders of it. Well, guess how everyone in this affiliate got it from a first responder who's, uh-huh. who works in a hospital. Of course. And so yeah. then they brought it back to their gym. Um, so, so to circle back to my question, did you see these people signaling these sort of people who were bestowing um, leadership onto themselves? Yeah, no, dude, it's, it's very rampant up here where we are. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm we call it virtue way. signaling. Like they're like, they, like they know what's up and it's, they're going to put their, yeah, they have, on. they've got it all figured out, you know? Yeah. And, and dude, that, my whole thing, we have a, uh, we have a sign up in the box. It's actually a street road sign. I actually bought it legally, but and it just says stay in lane, you know? And, and bro, like the whole thing for me, like motherfucker, don't tell me what to do. Let you, if you scared, 
go the fuck hide under your bed. Do what you got to do. But like, if I, if I, as an American, if I choose to walk out, if, if I know it's raining poison and I choose to walk outside and die, then that's my fucking choice. You know? So that's how it hits me. I just, it, the, you know, you know where they really got us, Savon, where they really got us is fear, man. You yes. know, like going back to like, and, and I actually got into it very early on with one of my closest friends. Um, and one of my co was has been a coach of mine for years, avid CrossFitter, uh, and he was really scared, you know. And um, and I said something about I was like, man, this shit is like a fucked up version of the flu, and we're about to lose all of our shit because of it. And he was like, it is not the flu, and he like came at me, and I was like, my dude. But I knew then it's that fucking fear response, bro. There's it's not their rationality's gone. They're not logic isn't being applied like and that's what the like, who, the what for whatever reason, like whether it's because they're afraid of it. So they're passing on the fear because fear is a fucking disease and and it's way more communicable than fucking COVID. And I, I don't I don't know. But yeah, dude, everybody I don't. It's just some people, dude, I think it's like they get that opportunity to feel powerful and they want to drive it home. And I don't I don't even know, man, but I knew that I could just tell from my population that some people were very, very afraid. And I knew a lot of people weren't. And, but I, and Michigan is a swing state, you know, so it's, it, it became a political issue so fast, it would have almost looked like a political statement. And I try to stay away from all that. So for the, maybe one of the first times in my life, life, I played by the rules all the way, you know, and almost all the way. We were still doing small groups and one-on-ones. You know, a few of my coaches were all mine dropped off. And, uh, but did the cops ever get called on your gym? Were you ever there working we out? Have, the cops show up? Um, we haven't yet. No, I mean, we like do so. The, the way our building set up, and this is another thing. So we have three gorgeous, uh, gar- garage bay doors, all glass, you know, and so we can't fucking really hide. But with that new backspace, we let I left half the wall up. So we can, and we put all of our Ollie shit back there. So in, we can kind of hide behind there. We've been parking at different locations and shit early on. Now we just don't give a fuck, you know, but, and we're going to run Murph, you know, we're just, I counted out the perimeter of our rig. We have an indoor rig, infinity, and then a monster outside. Dude, we can still run classes of 20 to 25 athletes while exceeding social distancing protocol. You know, the math on our facility as far as what we could maintain social distancing we could have 333 athletes at one time all being no season mad being you know, 12,000 yeah you know 12,000 divided by you know 36 like it's just and we don't even have that many members so so that's when it got it got frustrating with me it got frustrating with me when it started feeling like a shotgun rather than a sniper all right you, you can't, these broad, huge categorizations of business, I get that shit for weeks one through maybe even four, all right? But now it's getting to the point where we have depression level unemployment and shit, where it's like, okay, maybe we need to go in with a sniper this time and say, you know what? I can see how you guys can practice safe distancing. Y'all open. Why you aren't know, you like, scared? What do you see personally as a layman as just your average Michigan, Michigan small business owner, what do you see that makes you think that makes you so cavalier in the face of COVID-19? 
Um, one, I, I, one of my absolute core values is I'm going to die when the fuck I'm going to die. So as far as the physical aspects of getting sick myself, that's that. And then as far as not being afraid of continuing to run my business, one, I haven't seen anything on this. this so I, I feel like everybody has to disclaim this when we talk about COVID. I want no one to die. You know, I, I, I want to save them all. I'm in the business of saving them all, Savant. That's right. what we do. Yeah. Okay. Amen. Um, but with that being said, I haven't seen anything with this virus is somewhat merciful. It's almost as though it were engineered to be a population control virus because it only there's always blips on the radar in a bell curve. There's always blips. But the bell curve, it only affects those that were, you know, comorbid. Like Glassman said with Oregon, they declared 100 percent comorbidity. You know, so it's like. I'm not, if, if you're afraid, stay the fuck home. I'm not captive to your fear, you know? And I feel the same way at the box. I'm, I'm like, guys, or, listen. Or, or, or captive to your comorbidity. Right, exactly. Yeah, there you go. Because that's the only thing that there really seems to be to fear in this shit. If you have some underlying condition, yeah, homie, you should be careful. It's, it's you know, 100% but, tax on your business. Yeah, 100%. They could have even, they could have even, the government could have even come up with a plan that's like, hey, we're going to make all, everyone's, we're going to increase everyone's taxes this year by 5% to take care of the people who are sick and scared. I'd have been way more down for that. Let's go. Yeah. It still would have pissed me off, but yeah, way more down. Of course. Let me yeah. ask you this. Do you ever think of it like this? This is the way I've been thinking of it lately. And, and there's a scale, right? Mm-hmm. And on one side, you have the, the closure. And all the people's lives that are being saved by sheltering in place and wearing masks and all that. Yep. Yep. What's on the, how come no one wants to talk about what's on the other side of that scale at what cost? So you got to, right. like, we know it's costing us 4 trillion in cash. Okay. But what about like how many kids are being molested at home? How many wives are being beaten? How many small businesses? 12 domestic, we have 12 domestic sides. Yeah. What, like, well, where? Dude, that was another thing for me. So I have I have an athlete that's struggled uh, with uh, you know without getting out way too much that struggled with some of those type mental health issues in the past. You know, and I'm like I'm like I got to get his number immediately. You know, I'm like fuck that. Like I got to make sure I stay connected because we're one of his we're we're his third place. You know, we're cheers. We're the place you get to choose to go. You know, and. And, and we're, and, and dude, these motherfuckers are my family, bro. Like, and, and you got, you got to listen, Saban, do you like every member of your family? No. <laughs> you got some quirky members of your family, right? Yeah. You got like yeah. cousin Jim Bob. that's kind of a whack job. Like whatever. Yes. It's the same thing in our CrossFit family. Yes. yes. I've got some fucking weirdos that I but love. But they could still call me at any time. And I'm anytime. Any drop of the hat. I got you. I right. got you, you know? And so the, that's the thing. People, I don't, three people have direct messaged me. Um, in the last three weeks saying they're suicidal three people I'd never met in my life. One of the, one of the people is, 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 uh, um, has kids. Yeah. Dude. See, and that's the, the dude the, for so on my, 70 like, pounds or something like that. They were telling fuck, me, yeah. bro. and I'm in, fuck, I, you know, I'm doing my best to just, to just give the tough love, but, um, that's never happened to me. And, and dude, people don't come to me with those kind of issues. Well, and, that, and that's the problem. Those things, not only are those things not even being considered, you get demonized if you do consider them. 
Right, right, right. Like you don't care about these other people. And that's not what I'm saying at all. No, I'm saying I care about everybody, motherfucker. Right, right. You know? Right. You know, like, and and that's the thing. Oh, your small business is worth people's lives. Fuck yeah, it is, motherfucker. Because I gave my whole life to this shit. And I would kill a motherfucker to keep it. Right. It's interesting you say that too. Um, I, I have some, some awesome loving family members who seem to think that like, I don't care, but they forget that 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. That's what crossfitting does. It actually puts people's first puts people first and screams from the mountaintops. Hey, stop eating sugar and save your life. That's it, man. So I I got this, uh, I had this revelation with what my business is over this past year and what we're really selling is fucking love and it's we package it in fitness you know and fitness man packaging so important bro like think about how it feels when you open that new iphone that shit will get your dick hard you know like packaging is important you know but we're selling love packaged in fitness because we're we are we're like you know going back to my like christian roots it's that first corinthians 13 shit we're being patient with these motherfuckers how many times do you have to repeat a why before you start a class <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I we're do. Showing, you know, like we're patient, we're kind, we're not easily offended when they drop a joke that's like, hey, dog, you know, like that other people would be pissed off. Like, we're hit if you're doing it right. Like, and, and that's another thing that pisses me off about some classic Christianity. You know who really set me on my current path of faith? Fucking Bill Maher. Wow, the atheist, <laughs> the super atheist. Yes, bro. So, I was watching a randomly Bill Maher was on and it was shortly after Osama had been assassinated. And he was talking about the 700 clubbers and all these Christian assholes. They were like, Oh yeah. And and he goes on to this rant about how like Jesus was kind of a hippie and he was just all about love. And then I started thinking about all the scriptures I knew and shit. And I sat up and I was like, fuck Bill Maher's right. All we're supposed to do is love. And I'm like, I can do that. I can do that. Fuck all the bullshit. I can love a motherfucker though. You know, and you need, we, to, we you need to open it. You need to open a church like uh like the other guest I had, Trace, Trace <laughs> Kennedy. He opened a church and then a CrossFit gym. You're gonna open you're open a CrossFit gym. <laughs> Dude, I've um I'm actually ordained in Michigan, in Virginia, and somewhere in Ohio because I've had people ask me to uh, officiate their weddings. It's one, you got one foot in the water or one toe, you know, or, or, or fucking right over the edge. However you want to look at it. And that's a, that's a real deep abyss to crazy real quick. If you let it be. So you're two you, so the, they now you announce the gym's going to close and you cry. Mm-hmm. I cry. Two, you get tattled on for yep. letting people in the back door. The closure is supposed to only be for two weeks. Now, how many weeks has it been? Two, eight or so. So like six. Uh, let's see. I'm on. I'm on quarantine wide twenty point four two, and I don't count the hero wads we do as my my numbers. And we've been taken off Sunday. So yeah, dude, like fucking forever. I don't know. Two months instead of two weeks. Okay. What, what's going to happen to your business? What, what, what's, what's, um, what's, what, how do you see this playing out? So right. So right now we're about 20% down membership wise, you know, for various reasons, you know, we, we don't, we don't ask if they don't tell, 
And, uh, but dude, like, just like, I mean, we, we got support from both sides, you know, and I don't know if all, I think a lot of affiliates are in this boat, but like, dude, we got over, we got over two grand from the support your local box gig. Awesome. You know, like, so we're getting, and then we've got, um, rogue with beyond the whiteboard. Dude, my beyond the whiteboard bill every month is like 300. You know what I'm saying? And, and they've covered that. And then you've got born primitive and all this and that, like whatever. So um, right now we're being held up. You know, we've got, we've got, we've got, we're surrounded by support, but every literally at so far, 100%, every time this motherfucker gets extended, we lose around 10 members. Because okay, people, so, lose, because those are people who just can't afford it now. Now, like people are basically having to make decisions, pay, right. honey cut, uh-huh. or put food on my plate. That's it. And I'm not right. mad. Like I told right. yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, everyone's got a stack of bills and they're trying to figure out the hierarchy. That's which it. Thing. We're all in the That's same. It, and we have, we have people, we have, a, we have some people that have like, um, they thought they were going to lose their job. So they canceled, but then they did not So they came back, you know, like, and we've had a lot of fucking support. I mean, this is the thing. I, I, can, I can, the future of our business is this because it's to the point now where, and, I, and I've already started telling people this and planting the seeds of it within my community. So they know what's coming. I'm like, new species is not going to close unless they fucking just like the barber in Owasso, Michigan. I don't know if you've been following that at all. Like they're either going to, no. they're either, they're either going to arrest my ass or, and I'm not going to fucking pay the fines because they're going to be thrown out once the laws snap back in. Right. You know, like, so we're, we'll do what we, right now. So the Saturday after that meeting with you guys, we did our first um, wide in a park, like in a baseball field. I had 30 motherfuckers show up, you know, off the rip, you know, and, and it lets me get back into some of like my old school agility shit. You know what I'm saying? So like all these agility drills, we can't run because our population's too big now. Now I can run my T drills and my Z patterns and all that shit. So, and so right now what we're doing, I'm doing two more classes in the park tomorrow. Um, Murph, we are going to run at the box the 27th. So you're and just creeping back in. You're building yeah. confidence. You're get. You're like every day. You're putting a little more middle finger up in the air. Just you're a getting, little bit. You're getting ready to just work your way into like, well, they're gonna have to find me or something. Right, man. It's just like when. And then, and then, let me ask you this: What's happening? Like when we first started doing affiliate calls, they would all all the affiliates were like masks in quarantine. Now we're two weeks, two two months in. And every affiliate call, the every single affiliate, it seems like, is ready to open up. Is that happening with your clientele too? Are you seeing an evolution? Uh, yeah, I people mean, we, at the beginning we definitely, who were like we need to quarantine, and now they're like, Jesus, Josh, open that shit. Quit being a pussy. Yes, yeah, <laughs> just like just like uh, just like Glassman, exactly, dude. And that's what I'm starting to fucking feel like. I got this old man barber in Owasso, Michigan, saying "fuck the police," and like I'm over here, like, oh, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. It's like it's a very it's it's very challenging for me because like I'm. I love my people first and foremost, and I want to respect their shit. They made this motherfucker a political issue so fast that I had to figure out how to navigate it. But now it's getting to the point, and what I've started telling people, I'm like, guys, listen, I'm going to survive, and I'm going to eat. I've already, I talked to my, I have an amazing relationship with uh, my landlord, and he was, I called him day two, and I said, bro, listen, I don't know what kind of sweat you're feeling about this shit, but uh I want you to know that I will continue to pay you rent before I pay my mortgage because I can continue to live. I will fucking post up in my office. We've got plenty of space. 
and I'll do what the fuck I have to do. And he's like, man, and he's like, he's like, bro, we will defer. We will reduce. We will do whatever the fuck we have to do. You know, we're, you're a survivor. We're going to get through this. Can you, can you make some videos for your members? Like, can you make a video? Like, like, like have you made any videos since that first video after two weeks? Oh, bro, we've, I've been, I, I, so maybe I you need to hear a heartfelt from you. Like, Hey guys, I don't want to lose respect or lose you guys by those of you who think I should stay close, but like, oh, I got yeah, okay. So, so they're, yeah. they're getting to see you go through your evolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, it's I've hard not to be compassionate in. for the situation you're in. Right. Right. I've kept, I've kept, I'm, I'm an open book. I don't, I don't have anything to hide. I'll tell, I'll air all my dirty laundry. And, um, and I've been very like, I've, I've checked in. So most of what, so we do our, we do uh, zoom sessions and Facebook live every day. I do a quarantine queue up every day. And the quarantine queue up, I just go through the workout of the day, the strength and all the different, we're doing over here doing fucking couch deadlifts. Like we're, you know, we're, and I, we're using packs for shit, dude. We have queue up videos on the fucking couch deadlift on our YouTube channel. Like, and so I'm just trying, I wanted, because my, my business strategy has always been very, very simple. I want to cram as much fucking value in this 150 or $165 a month as I can. I want it to be a no brainer for you to spend that money. And so we just basically are doing the same thing with digital content now, you know, like we know what the competition baseline is because nobody can fucking open a gym. So we have to compete digitally, you know? So we've been doing uh, multiple zoom. We, and you know, one of the coolest things we did Savant is we brought because yeah, the workouts and the wads and everything, those things are fucking important. I mean, that's, that's the meat and potatoes of everything we do, but I wanted to keep the community together. And, um, so started off with like, I was like going to sit down and do live interviews with some of my coaches and shit, whatever. And then my wife kind of took that and spun it and twisted it. And it basically turned into a new species got talent situation. We've had a chick on showing off her pet snake. We had a chick do a belly dancing demo and instructional vid. Um, we've got a bartender mixing drinks. We've got, uh, we, we've got a happy hour every Thursday night with Jihawk. I mean, just all this, like anything that we can pump in because we wanted to keep the community. We've had, dude, I thought I was a decent cook. Like I really thought my wife was killing it, but we've had a couple of guys do like cooking shows and like meat smoking shit. I'm a, I'm a, I'm basic bro. <laughs> like, like, there I'm like, God, what the fuck? I'm like, I didn't want my wife to watch it because me cooking for her is one of the things that keeps her around, you know? And uh, so up. I was like, fuck, man. And But our community really just, like, they all, they they came together, man. You know, we, we had, and anyone that's had the, uh, that's reached out to us that's wanted to come get a workout in, we've let them. Good. You know, and it, and it hasn't been many, you know, because most people I think are afraid to, and most people appreciate what we're putting out, but like, you know, it, ha- it hasn't, uh, we, we've had, and we've had a couple nurse dude. And another thing that's really frustrating for me with this whole COVID thing, like continuing that path is the whole time we've had boots on the ground. I've had lots of nurses that, you know, been working the whole thing. I've had lots of doctors working the whole thing. And d- initially along with everyone else, they were very scared too. you know, right, right. but, but now most of them are in the same boat where they're like open the fucking doors. And right. So one of the, one I of the heard that from that, a nurse today, by the way, in New York dude, city, 
She, she, she's seen 30 people die on a single shift and she was full mass quarantine. And I spoke to her today and two months later, she goes, Hey man, it's the same people every day dying. We've got to open this shit up. The the demographic that's dying is obese, type two diabetes, quadruple comorbidity. She says, she said, she said she can't believe how, what a journey she's made in terms of her uh, perception and opinion on how this should be handled. And I feel like that's, I feel like that's not isolated. I feel like that's no, it's definitely not isolated, you know? And so do we have a nine? So our governor is known as being one of the more extreme of the governors. She's like in the top four. And, um, I heard Detroit's her interview, whole- by the way, on, on the daily. And I did, I, I did not find her very, um, compelling or honest. I didn't, she was, she was avoiding some of the watch. questions and I didn't really like yeah, that. She well, sounded dude, political. See, that's the thing. So I'm, I'm trying to watch the announcement of the first extension uh-huh. and she's fucking just trying to shit on Trump and make it a political thing and all this and that. And I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks about Trump. Honey, this is a health crisis and my business is in fucking jeopardy. I don't right. care about your VP position or and it just felt so. And dude, her hairs did her makeups did. Like, I'm like, like all of our, we have a lot of hairdressers and shit and they're pissed. They're like, this bitch is still getting her fucking shit dyed. (laughs) You know, like, and, and, but, but now though, it's definitely, we feel that too. So, so Cobo Hall, uh, they converted to a 900 bed hospital. It has 18 patients currently. Wait, what converted to a hospital? Uh, Cobo Hall, one of our big uh, arena centers in uh, downtown Detroit, they converted it to a 900 bed hospital. And it's got 18 people in it. Last I heard. What's the most, has it ever been packed? Uh, two to 300, I think was the biggest. Wow. And that's just because they offloaded from some of the other hospitals. Yeah. Yeah. That, I'm, there are so many hospitals empty in my area. I, I went to Stanford medical too. the other day and it was just completely empty. It was nuts. Dude, it's probably a hundred acre or a, uh, yeah, probably a hundred, hundred acre campus i would there's empty dude so the the most frustrating thing about for me through this whole journey and this whole process what the reason i closed and i committed to closing is so we could flatten the curve get ahead of the spike what the fuck ever all right right do your that's been accomplished right we have everything we need we're shipping shit to other countries it's gonna spike but we're yes. ready for it now. So right. let's fucking go. Right. You know, like, and, and Bill Maher actually like, and it's fine. I'm talking about Bill Maher again, but like me and Bill Maher coming up from a very conservative background, me and him are at opposite ends on a lot of shit, you know? Cause like I, you know, whatever. And I respect the man, but dude, he did a big spiel and, uh, and I respected it so much because it's become such a blue red issue. And he's just, he's way Democrat. Right. But he did a big spiel on the coronavirus and how we need to get weird. And he started it by saying, we're not going to win our 100 million year war with microbes by hiding. Right, right. I heard that. That was amazing. It was the whole thing was so dead on. It was amazing. So well spoken, so dead on. And dude, and that is exactly where I'm at. I didn't close so people wouldn't get sick. I closed so people wouldn't get sick too fast. People treat, pol- people treat politics like sports. Like I'm a diehard Raider fan till the end. It's right, not like bro. that. Like no, not a thing. You, you can't can be a Democrat or a Republican. You have to think critically for yourself and That's like re- and rework things. It's a la carte. 
Yes. You know, yes. like, and that I have, a, and I've, I've said for years, like I have a, I have a difficult time when people identify hard one way or the other, because now you're not thinking of for yourself anymore. Yeah. You know, you're, yeah. you're not, you're not, you got to take each issue as it stands. Like, you know, some real intense issues, you know, not to get too deep, like the whole abortion issue. All right. Right. I am against abortion, but I am also pro-choice. Right. So when it comes down to it, I do value that unborn child's life. But you know what, dude, it's not my choice yet. It's interesting I'll you say that one. That's one that needs to be thought thought through every all single the time. Way through. Yes, in because because you can't kill babies and you can't tell women what to do. You can't tell people what to do with their bodies. And so you have right. this. You have a serious. You have something that needs to be thought out. It can't just be like you can't be on autopilot with that bullshit. Yeah. No, dude. That and, and 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 then you even if you go deeper into it, and every fucking individual one, just like every pregnancy, is so fucking different. Every case is going to be so different. You right. know, and and we just try to shotgun this shit, just like they've done with us by classifying us with planet fitness on a much lower level like you gotta you gotta get in and think man you gotta think about shit man let me ask you one final question before we wrap this up you go from no fitness background being weak as a bird to getting starting your fitness journey at 18 and staying fit and healthy and moving and trying to get buff and then trying to share your vision of getting buff and then moving towards health and human optimization to fucking 28 years after you, sorry, no, 20 years after you start, basically this journey goes from being a, a little bird, weak as a bird to buff to human optimization, to sharing human optimization to this final, this newest thing at 38 years old, Josh Honeycutt realizes he's not selling fitness. He's selling love. And you have all of these tools that you've gathered behind you from doing curls to selling love. It's 20 years now. You bring every time you open those um, doors at um, CrossFit New Species. What advice would you give to someone who wants to open a CrossFit gym now that you know all of that? Because, I mean, that's quite the um, palette you have. Uh, you have quite a bit of tools. You have a lot of arrows in your quiver, whatever metaphor someone wants to use. If you're not, if you're not getting into it, I, I, I'm going to quote Glassman. If you're not getting into it to do the right things for the right people at the right time, then just don't fucking get into it. Don't get into it. Vinny, enough. Don't get into it for money. Don't get into it for any, if you, if you want to genuinely help people and you're fucking drawn and committed to that, then you'll, you'll do just fine. You know, cause it's competitive now, man. Like, what does that mean? Help people just, just every, so for, oh man, so many different things. Yeah. Because you go into you know all six dimensions of a person and you can't affect one without affecting the others, you know? So like most blatantly we affect the physical dimension, right? But then, of course, you know, you mentioned you've had three um, individuals reach out to you in the mental dimension. They need it for their mental health. My wife is very much so in that category. Um, and I've had people that swear they got better jobs because of the confidence they got. So now you've got the occupational dimension. So for us, all we can do is when, when, there, there's some things like, so when I, I, you know what, the, the shit I train my coaches on, all right, at, at the, 
all my coaches meeting, we start with a name game. I'm going to pull up a picture. You're going to tell me that person's name, whoever gets the most wins, you know? And like, so no, no, every, no, the app, give, just give a fuck, man. Like just genuinely giving a fuck about the human condition. Um, what, you gotta go into it, understanding everybody's fighting their own battles and like, just really like empathy is the greatest tool you will have in uh, definitely in this field and not like and. You're, when uh, in the games era, I noticed that I noticed a lot of boxes opening uh, that wanted to build like super teams and be the super fit and all this and that. Most of them aren't around anymore, you know. And it's you. And so uh, somebody new wanting to open an affiliate, um, and you you got to be ready to die for it, man. You got. I mean, you got to you got to put you got be ready to miss a workout. I didn't when, after I started CrossFit, bro. I didn't miss a lot. If I had to double and triple up when I was traveling or whatever, I didn't miss my first wide until I opened a box. And you, you'll you be in the middle of about to fucking PR Fran. Somebody walks in the door. Not today. <laughs> I love it. You know, you know, and it's, it's, it's gotta be more about them than it is you. And that can never stop. You know, and, and that's and that's kind of existential. You know, I'm trying to think of how to define that a little bit better, but it's I think you're when, doing when, a good job. I think you're doing you a know, good job. Like when I was at the Y, they tried to bottle my success after that first year. And I sat down with their board and with everybody. I'm like, listen, y'all are trying to sell fitness like it's black and white. And fitness operates in the gray. It's not just hard numbers. It's people's feelings and it's people's emotions. And it's, it's, it's making them feel comfortable enough on shit they feel uncomfortable on. Telling them, nah, you're going to jump on that box. I had a client, we spent 45 minutes of our hour session getting her to do a fucking box jump. But that's what the fuck we were going to do. I'm like, nah, right. I'm like, I'm not, uh, and, and I mean, I guess that kind of you know, comes full circle. I'm like, we're not doing that fear shit. Right. Not doing it. So you're basically saying you have to care enough to be take the baby steps with someone, find yeah. out what their goals are, put those goals first, and if you're not be ready, more to excited about their shit than yours, man. Like I, I right. get so well said. Amped up when somebody hits a full depth air squat, bro. Like it makes my whole fucking day. Dude, you know? be more excited about their success than yours. Well, that's, that's a, that could be another definition of love. That's like parenting yeah. shit right there. Yeah, that's all it is, man. That's all right. it is, bro. That's all it is. You just want them to be a little better than you, you know? Because, like, I, I listen, I, I was good at CrossFit for a minute. When I was, like, 26 to 30, you know, I did some cool shit. I, before all the real athletes came to the table, I was <laughs> right. bad at right. right. You know what I'm saying? You remember that. You oh, remember, yeah. like, like pre-Kalipa? Like, Kalipa came out, and everybody's like, who the fuck is this guy beating Josh Everett? Like, right. what the fuck? Right. <laughs> You know, and I remember, dude, I remember one wide, I think it was a 10 to one ladder of GHDs and power cleans. And I was doing my GHDs on a fucking uh, tractor tire, but I like beat Kalipa by eight seconds. And I was like, fuck yeah, let's go, bro. Never anything else ever again, not once. And that was probably so fucked up in flukes. Who knows what the standards were, but God damn it. I was ready. Right. And then the real athletes came and <laughs> it was all downhill from there, you know? Well, Josh, thank you so much. Savon, thank you, brother. I really appreciate the opportunity, my man. Yeah, I would love to 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 do this again in six months and hear hear the um the post COVID story. 
I would, dude, I would absolutely love that, man. Keep in touch for sure. I'd love to do it. All right, brother. You are a great 